welcome to the Small Business Big Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Zarekor. This podcast is loaded with raw stories from real people running successful businesses with heart to encourage and inspire you along your journey. We will focus on the heart behind the business, aka you, the business owner, by sharing their heart, their story, and the passion behind why they started in the first place. As a business owner myself, I'm here to remind you that in the midst of the organized chaos that comes with running a business, good things do indeed happen to good people. My goal and heart for this podcast is that you will walk away with lessons learned from people who have walked a similar journey for the inspiration to keep going. Chase that big scary dream. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. I do not know about you, but when it comes to my personal business, it can feel so scary to get real and raw. That is honestly one of the reasons why I started the Small Business Big Heart podcast. I knew that these stories would tug some areas of growth in my heart and give me the courage to share my own ups and downs along the way. As business owners, it is so scary to have these moments of authenticity though, especially with our team or business besties. But that is where real connection is rooted and begins to thrive. I knew that these stories would tug some areas of growth and give me the courage to share my own ups and downs along the way. As business owners, it is so important to have these moments of authenticity, especially with our team and business besties. That's where the real connection is rooted and begins to thrive. Well, today's guest is another amazing example of that power of vulnerability, and I could go on and on and on about how this interview impacted me, but I have a feeling in my heart that you're going to feel the same. I am so excited to introduce you to my dear friend and new neighbor, Alyssa McNally. Alyssa specializes in marketing in literally every capacity. She is a pro, you guys, and you will hear her talk about how she connects with her clients, and it's so inspiring. Today, Alyssa and I discuss her experience from moving from a toxic nine-to-five role to running a full team of creatives at an agency to then making a huge leap out on her own so that she can infuse herself into businesses and bridge the gap between executives and creatives. We talk about why it's so important to honor the humanity of every team member and client and how your entire business can be reshaped when you lead with grace. Alyssa also shares her definition of success and how it has shifted over the years and what it took to get the courage to step out and build a business that she loves. We also chat about how Alyssa uses the Enneagram, which is a personality test, in her strategic process and how that affects how she works with her clients. She gives us a quick glimpse into the power of community and why real connection is the absolute secret sauce for business longevity. Y'all, I learned so much from this interview, and I'm still processing and journaling some of the truths that Alyssa shared in this episode and how they hit home for me and my business. I know you are just going to love Alyssa's heart because she is just radiating with light. So be sure to have a notebook handy today because you're going to want one. This episode is loaded with mic drop moments and big takeaways. So without further ado, here is my chat with the incredible Alyssa McNally. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa, for being on the Small Business Big Heart podcast. I'm so glad to have you. (laughs) 
thank you for having me, Amber. It's always good to hang out with you in any form of context. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm just like over the moon right now because we're neighbors now, yet ooh, ooh, we're doing Bellevue. this via Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you are all comfortable in your home now and got all of that nestled oh, and yes. figured out yet? So fun. I mean, it's always a process. I like to kind of live in a space for a little bit before I finish it, but it is coming along beautifully and I'm so very happy with it. I cannot wait to have you over. (laughs) Yes, please. I know. I'm like, well, this would be so much more fun over cocktails, but (laughs) we can do Zoom. That's totally fine. (laughs) Gotta love love 2021. (laughs) Seriously, it's been such a journey and I love that you literally closed that chapter and are now in a new house, new space, new everything. How does your 2021 feel so far? You know, it feels exciting. I feel like there's a lot of things that are going to unlock and are just going to be a lot different because of the pandemic and kind of coming out of that. I feel like it's a a rebirthing of some things, which I think is really beautiful. I think our country is rebirthing itself in some ways. And I think a lot of businesses are as well. Like we just had to reinvent so much in 2020. And so now I feel like that we're coming out of it. It's like we have to, you know, once again, pivot. Um, and it's just amazing to do that myself, but also watch, you know, my partners do the same thing. It's it's wild, but it's exciting. I think it's an exciting time for a lot of people. And yeah. I think there's like just a lot of good things on the horizon that feel very hopeful as opposed to how we felt one year ago. Seriously, that hope that just felt like it was so far gone for so long now feels closer and more obtainable and like reachable. Totally. How are you choosing to implement hope in your life right now? So I have regular practice of hopefulness because I am like naturally a very like anxious person. So to kind of regulate that and help myself not be super anxious or depressed, I like have regular rhythms of that. So great question for someone like me. (laughs) Um, But I have a thankfulness journal that I do every day and it just takes like a couple minutes, but just like the act of gratefulness and gratitude, even when things, you know, there's things that feel hopeless, there's always something, you know, that you can look forward to and be thankful for. And it's always really helpful to start the day and to like have that mindset uh, when you're walking into anything. So I would say that's a big thing for me. And I also spend a lot of time on Pinterest, which sounds kind of cheesy, but it's truly a good thing to have in your back pocket to have things that like inspire you and to like help you get out like some creative things, especially if you are creative. I find that to be a really fun space to just dream. Yeah. And play and like see it come to life almost. Yeah. So true. So are you pinning quotes or photos or like what does a glimpse into your Pinterest boards look like? So I always say like I'm a habitual like dreamer. Like I just love to think about new ideas and new things all the time. Like I come up with new businesses all the time. I come up with you know, new projects that I want to do. So usually it has to do with like what I'm dreaming about at the time. So I never have a problem coming up with new ideas. I just don't have the best follow through unless I think it's like amazing. So usually it's where those dreams can like play for a while. And so it's usually has to do with that. So obviously I just moved into a new house. The majority of my Pinterest was very focused on my new house. (laughs) And now it's kind of going into some new projects that I'm dreaming up. So that's, it just kind of depends where my entrepreneur brain is at the moment. 
<laughs> I believe that. And I love that you said that, like, you don't execute it because I'm like internally laughing because you are the executor for so many other people's businesses. Yet you're so like, true. I dream, but I don't execute. And that's where you step in for everyone else's businesses, right? So true. I'm like, <sighs> that's your idea. This is how we're going to make it happen. Um, that is yeah. my role. Yeah, it's really hard to do that for myself. So true. What is it? The cobbler's kids have no shoes or something? Is <laughs> yes. that such a thing in your that business? That is me in a nutshell. <laughs> so accurate. <laughs> I am just as guilty of it. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are too. It's so hard to do what you do for everyone else for yourself and making the time and then hearing your voice in the back of your head like, why'd you choose that? You should do it this way. Blah, 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 blah. So true. true. Well, speaking of executing and digging in and staying hopeful, I know over since we've met, honestly, and did your branding, which was so fun, you've made some huge changes and you walk this journey of hope and execution and honestly, like getting stuff done with other business owners. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. So just to give you a little background, I worked in marketing since I graduated college. Before that, I did photography and just like have been in the creative professional world since I was capable of making money. So (laughs) it runs deep and I really love it. And it's taken on a lot of different forms throughout the years. So in this most recent season of work, so I guess I've been doing this for about a year and a half now. I've just gone back out on my own and I my primary focus is marketing and going into different companies and helping them see the strategy and helping them understand what they need to do from a marketing and business development standpoint to reach their goals. So I tend to work with a lot of really high-powered executives. Uh, Usually they're in eights on the Enneagram, and they usually have a really hard time working with creatives. And so they know that they need the help of creative people, designers, anybody in our field, but they oftentimes lack the ability and the approach to communicate well to them because they just have a lot of intensity and they're really focused on their goals, but they lack the ability to translate that to creatives. And so I usually come in and understand their goals, help them champion what they need to get done and communicate all of that to the rest of the team and kind of rally together the creatives, create a safe space for the creatives that I work for and help them have a really good experience working for corporate companies. And ideally, everybody's happy at the end. Um, And usually... I'm decent at pulling that off, but we all have ever bad days. But um, that's kind of where I found my niche is that I work really well on both ends of the spectrum. I work really well as creatives, but I also work really well in those really like corporate, high achieving, sales driven, numbers driven environments. And so helping those two work together is my favorite thing in the world. You are saving the sanity of so many people. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to, trying to. (laughs) That's awesome. And that's a really interesting place to position yourself too, because there is a huge gap of like creative and business brain. And you are that perfect middle person to just like, what's the game of like telephone where you just like, it goes through, just let it go through Alyssa, just let it go through her. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's like so funny. Some people are like, so what exactly do you do? I'm like, well. 
I'm like a glorified project manager. If you really want to just like boil it down to something, I know enough about all of it to make it go smoothly. And Mm -hmm. usually people only hire me after it's gone really poorly because they see like the need for someone like me to come in with the strategy and the expertise and the experience of like, I've done this before. I know how to lead a rebrand or I know how to lead a new marketing strategy with a team of creatives and a team of high powered executives who have a lot of things that they want to get done. And they think magically getting a new website is going to fix all those things, which just isn't true. So there's just like a lot of education, a lot of teaching, a lot of grace on both sides. And also just I think I'm just really a therapist sometimes. I don't know. My husband's actually a therapist and he's like a total badass at that. So I'm not that, but I'm like kind of just stepping in and being like, I hear everyone's concerns and I want everybody to win and we can all work together and meet the goals that we all want to meet. It doesn't have to be that hard. So really, I'm just a good listener. That's amazing. And that makes the best business owner too. And the best marketing because you have to listen, not just to your creative and your executive, you have to listen to the customer. Like totally. first and foremost, like you said, you can't just launch a new website and you, all of a sudden your business goals, poof, happen immediately. <laughs> it's all better. Yeah. I wish it was possible. <laughs> oh man. I love how you mentioned too, grace on both sides. And like, as that middle person, like navigating that and walking that journey with them, like you have to have grace for them and then compassion and grace for the other parties. Like there's so much grace. And so how are you coming into your day? I mean, obviously your thoughtful journal and your Pinterest is like working, but is there times where you're just like, I'm just going to go scream into a pillow and (laughs) then I'll come back with grace. (laughs) You know, I just like, have the perspective that like we are humans, like we're all humans. And a lot of times, especially in the United States, in this Western culture that we live in, I think we lose humanity for the sake of output and for the sake of winning or like making a certain amount of money or this perception. And we we lose each other's humanity in that. And so, you know, it's not that I always come with perfection. It's actually, I just come with vulnerability and the openness of like, you know, I might not know how to do this. I might have actually never done it before, but I think I know the right people and I think I know the way forward. And my biggest thing is like a pursuing of truth in humanity. And like, to be honest with myself and with others about, you know, what I believe and what I've done and what I've seen work and what I know to be true. And I think if you can pursue truth and call people to their own humanity and to their own truth, there is so much power in that. I know I'm getting all like heady and like metaphorical, but I genuinely think that when people experience their own humanity and are able to like reckon with themselves about their own like shortcomings and their own goals. And they're able to see those things accurately coming into a room with other people and understanding their experience and understanding their work and understanding what they bring to the table is so much easier because we can all recognize how we're not perfect, how we all have different strengths and we can celebrate those things. And so really, I just feel like, I get the opportunity to call out those things in other people and in myself. So it's like, here's what I can bring to the table. Here's what this person can bring to the table. Here's what you're going to bring to the table. And everybody has a seat. Let's all work together to make something that is amazing. 
But in order for this to work, we all have to realize that we're human and there's going to be mistakes. We're going to miss deadlines. We're not going to always do things just right. And you might not hit all of your goals and they might not hit all of theirs, but we're all going to move forward towards, you know, our common goal, whatever we decide that to be. So to answer your question, I don't ever get it right every time, but I'm always honest about that. And that's like my core value in and of itself is like, I will always mess up, (laughs) always. And the people I work with will always mess up. But if we can be honest about that, if we can confront that and just stay true, stay vulnerable, stay authentic, I believe that the best work is created in those environments. And it's the most safe and the best place for true creativity and like great businesses to thrive. Like that is to me all I want. If I don't make money, that's fine. I mean, I need to make enough to survive. But like if if people are really thriving like in their best selves and they're being true and whole to who they are, I only think good things can happen from those spaces. Ooh, I just got goosebumps all over my body. That is the definition of success. Like mm. to step back that hands down is the definition of success. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. And I think we all have the opportunity to define that for ourselves, right? And I think that's the beauty of it. Like we allow culture a lot of times to define success for us, which oftentimes looks like a monetary goal or a certain lifestyle to have like two houses and a car and a kid and a husband or whatever. And we view that as success. But that's so silly because everybody's success looks different. And it's going to look different in different seasons for businesses, for individuals, for everything. It's going to look different. And so not to get too universalist, but it's relative. (laughs) It's relative. Oh, I love that. So how going through your journey and everything, how did you learn that? Because you mentioned your values and what success looks like for you. So how did you come to find that and like do that soul searching and do that because that's personal growth work and that's not found in a boardroom or in a corporate office. That's some soul work there. So how did you go about finding and determining your personal core values and how they relate to your business? It's a great question. Uh, Through a lot of failure and a lot of the wrong answers. So I started in a lot of different spaces and marketing has some traditional avenues that you can go down. You can work for a corporate company and you work for an agency and then you can freelance. So those are kind of the three different ways that people go. It's like your full-time marketer working on a specific product on a team in a company. That's how I started. That's how most of us start out. And then there's also agency work. So for those of our listeners that don't know what that is, it's usually a group of creative professionals that all come together. They get projects that come in sense. So a variety of different companies come in and they say, these are our needs. Will you run Facebook ads for us? Will you design us a new website? Will you whatever? And everybody works together to make that happen. You're usually working on a team. Traditionally, agencies have a really bad rep for really working their people into the ground. And it's not usually a good environment. (laughs) And then you have (laughs) um, freelance life, which is kind of where I am in like a hybrid sense where you can kind of work for the agencies or you work for the companies. So I've done all of those things in my career. 
And I've also built my own agency. So I built my own agency with a business partner and it went really poorly. (laughs) Uh, We didn't work well together. We didn't share the same values. And she was very focused on creating systems that would work for a very specific way of doing business. It was very rigid. It was very money focused. It was very time focused. And there's nothing wrong with creating a business that way. I think it actually can be really effective. And it can be like a really great way of creating boundaries. Like there's so much good about that. And I I don't mean anything bad by that. It just wasn't me. And it wasn't true to who I was. Because what I wanted to do was what I described to you. It was like go into the room, feel the room, understand the people in the room, understand the truths that existed in the room, and then take that and work with that and then come up with a plan that worked for everybody involved. And if you're like a systems oriented person who like wants things to go a certain way, that feels really unpredictable and it feels kind of scary and it feels very like unsure. So it just wasn't like a good partnership because I was driving forward with our clients because I was the relationship person coming back with these like very out of the box solutions that didn't follow these specific guidelines that we had agreed upon before I walked in there. So it just wasn't a good partnership in it. And it really didn't end well. We didn't end things amicably, which felt like a huge failure to me because I desperately wanted to stay in relationship with her to work it out in a way that felt authentic to who I was, because I was just like, though I don't want to work with you anymore. Like, I still want you to succeed. I still want you to have a business that you love. I just don't want to do it that way. So like, let's just do it differently. So it didn't end that way. It didn't end well for us, which as I grow, I hear more and more stories of people who have business relationships like that, that just, they don't end well. It's hard. It's personal. It feels like an attack on, on our personhood when we walk away from, from an intimate relationship like that. So that was really hard for me. And it really made me, I think, come to understand some things that were non-negotiable for me. And that really, really mattered to me. So that kind of, it felt like a failure at the time, but it taught me a lot about myself and about the things that I valued. So I, I started working for one of our clients for a while. And then I was offered a job at an agency in town. And so I went and worked for them for a while. And that was kind of when I reached this new spot where I was making more money than I ever thought I would. And I was just in one of those agency situations that wasn't ideal for a lot of reasons that aren't necessary to hash out. But it was just a really toxic work environment. And I realized in that experience that like, this was the goal amount of money that I wanted to make, but it was costing me so much (laughs) to Mm. have that goal. And for me, I really love to work. So it's not a matter of like putting in the work. Like I love to work. I love to sit down and do this type of work. Like it is so life-giving to me. It's not like, I don't mind the grind of agency work. I actually really love it. I get some weird high off of it. (laughs) It's not that it's, you know, it's, it's how you treat people and it's how you, view the project. It's how you view your freelancers. It's how you view the people that you get to work with and how you talk about them and how you love them and how you love yourself. Like those are the things that weren't healthy and weren't good in that work environment. And so I quickly realized, well, not quick enough, but within a year realized this is not a good fit for me. I need to, to leave that. So 
that again, like I just felt like such a failure. So I was like, I didn't have anything that I was walking into. I just said like, I'm out like douches. Like I can't do this anymore. This is violating like who I am as a person and I can't be a part of it anymore. And that felt like a big leap to be like, I'm going to walk away from this because it's a violation of who I am and it's not in alignment with who I am. And I'm going to go and, and start over. And that was scary, but it allowed me to create the space. It was like, okay, well, you're going to lose the goal amount of money that you always wanted to make in a matter of, you know, a few weeks. (laughs) It's all going to go away. And you're just going to have to figure out what really matters. And the money isn't that for me. And it's never been that for me. But it was like tested in that moment of like, oh, I hope you mean it because (laughs) you're about to walk away from it um, and start over. Like I had like, Amber, I had no clients. Like I did not have a plan. I just was like, I'm out. <laughs> and thankfully, like I mean, I was able to call on a lot of people who were able to help me and and get me through. And I was able to rebuild my client list within a couple of weeks. But it was a wild journey. But it allowed me to create the reality that I articulated to you, where I get to to be the person that that I am, and allow other people to be the people that they are created to be. That is fantastic. And it's so interesting because you don't usually figure out who you are when it's all like warm and fuzzies and going great. Like you figure out your values and your non-negotiable when stuff gets so hard that you literally don't know how you're going to continue or you know you can't continue this way. Like that is your story. Like the way that you are today and the way that you operate your business and how you walk into other people's businesses is because you had to do that hard work, figure out all those things. And then now you're bringing that and showing others by walking the walk and leading by example. I love that so much for you. Thank you. I mean, it's been such a journey. Like you said, like it just, sometimes it takes failure too, to kind of set yourself free. Ooh, say that one more time. <laughs> Louder for the people in the back. <laughs> it takes failure to set yourself free. Ooh, yes. So good. I love that. Oh, and failure. I mean, we're not done failing. Like mm. we're going to constantly continue to fail. Totally. <laughs> totally. And it's just like, it's always a process of, I mean, you're, <laughs> we're always going to fail. We're going to fail in every aspect of our lives, but I think there are ways to well (laughs) and to like just own it like I failed this week in a lot of ways and I've like you know it's been a little raw for me but it's been one of those things where in conversations and in relationships you just be like I failed this is how I failed I made a mistake I did this thing that you know hurt someone or whatever it is you can insert it and just to like say that and to have the vulnerability of that it actually like that truth this goes back to just kind of like who I am as a person. When you say your truth and when you say the vulnerable things, it sets other people free to do the same thing. It gives them the space to be like, actually, like I've done that too. Or actually, like I've been like holding this in because I didn't think there was a space for me. And it's like, no, like the beauty of humanity and the beauty of life is like, we all have failures and we all have this need for connection around vulnerability and failure and success. 
absolutely success, but it's so much easier to share success, right? So much easier to tell people on your best days. But like, if you can walk people through their darkest moments and through their failures and through their missed goals and say like, I still see you and you're not a sum of your choices or your decisions or your failures. You are a human being with dignity and truth and wholeness and love and say, I choose to walk with you in that. And I choose to love you in that. Then when they are succeeding, imagine how much more like joy and happiness you get to participate in because you were there in the dark nights and the good nights. Like that is such a beautiful thing. You are just bringing the wisdom today and the heart. Oh my gosh. I just want to hug you. Like it's so true. And it's not just in our work lives. It's in our friendships and it's in our marriages. It's in our family relationships. I know you said your husband's a therapist, but I think you could give him a run for your money. (laughs) That is incredibly kind. He is like 100% the better half. I promise. I promise. That's amazing. Well, I think there's just so much beauty in that and just how you found your values and how you stay encouraged and how you continue to show up with grace for people in your life and and being raw about that. I'm kind of giggling over here. You're like, I failed this week. I'm like, it's Tuesday. <laughs> I know. It was over the weekend. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, just having that safe place of vulnerability, you know, I just like, we immediately connected in that when we met. And I just... I love that about you and as a person. And and I, I think what's really interesting about you specifically in your business life and your professional life is that you are the same person. And a lot of people try to separate that hat and like take it off when they go home. But you are constantly you and you've done the work to figure out who you are. Were you ever like, this is professional Alyssa and this is personal Alyssa? Like where did the merge happen where where you walked and figured out who you were in both situations. I would say that when I first like started my professional career, like it never blended the two. And I think part of that's okay. Like, I think there are like obviously some boundaries that you have to have. um, And there should be spaces where you're more vulnerable than when you're not absolutely hundred percent. But if you're familiar with Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram three And we have like a pretty hard time not um, kind of putting on different faces and different identities, depending on where we are, especially when we're younger and when we're less like kind of sure of who we are and who we want to be. So we kind of like test out these different versions of ourselves to kind of see what we want to be. And it's not disingenuous. It's just kind of a process. And I definitely went through that experience more so when I was in college, uh, when I was in a culture that was actually really oppressive to who I am. And so I kind of hit that a little early because of oppression and because of an experience that forced me to be somebody that I wasn't just to succeed, just to be able to like have a relationship and have friends. Like I was oppressed into that. And so actually a lot of that work for me happened before I entered the workplace, uh, which is I think a little bit unique about my story, but it's something that as a wing four (laughs) makes a lot of sense because I'm always in pursuit of what feels like me 
almost to a fault, you know, it's like my biggest strength, but it's also kind of annoying. So I'm like, well, that just doesn't feel like me. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> so there's a pros and cons that for sure. But I think it's definitely like a lot of times if you listen to people who do have a strong sense of self, it's usually because someone told them that they couldn't be that way. And so we've had to fight to find that sense of self and be like, nope, this is who I am. And it doesn't matter, you know, what anyone says or what your experience is like, I'm going to stick to that. And so usually it comes from great oppression. That's a large generalization, but <laughs> I think that that's pretty true. At least it was true for me. Yeah. And you've mentioned the Enneagram a couple times, and I think that's such a huge personal growth, just personally knowing who you are and understanding yourself better. I'm learning now that that's very much a Nashville thing. So for our listeners that aren't familiar with Enneagram, (laughs) do you mind giving like a quick flyby of what the Enneagram is? Sure. I will do my best to give it justice. I'm not an expert, but it's a personality typing. There's nine different types. It's literally one through nine are the numbers. And it's just a way of like helping to understand who you are and like how you perceive the world. And a lot of times it kind of goes back to like your core motivations is usually a good way to think about it. So I am the number three wing four and the core motivation of a three is to achieve. And the core motivation of a four is to be known and to be unique. So each of the numbers have their own different core like values or motivations. And so that can be kind of an easy way to like dip your toe in if you're interested in Enneagram. You can kind of look at those different ones and see which ones resonate with you. It's just a way of helping you see and understand the world, just like any other personality assessment. And I think what's interesting too is how you identified your target audience when you first hopped on. You're like, I usually work with pretty powerful eights. And I was like, oh, I don't know that everyone knows what an eight is, but I'm like nodding. I'm like, yes, you do. Yes, you very much so do. (laughs) That's a good point. So an eight on the Enneagram, their biggest desire is to take control, is to have control. So they like walk into a room. Usually like Donald Trump is like a classic eight. You feel them when they come into the room. They want you to know that they're in the room and that they like to have control. Yep. I think it's so important too, though, because it's not just understanding who you are, but it's seeing how you can work better with with others and how what motivates them and how they need to be seen and heard. And I think it's really interesting that you use that in your business because it helps you to understand your clients better. And then you understand the creatives better and the customer better. Like there's all these different parts that you're understanding their core desire and how they communicate and what they actually really want out of that, even if they don't even know how to articulate it. I mean, I've seen it as a huge step in my personal life and in my marriage of just understanding what Gavin is and what I am and how we come together and where that conflict or when he's not talking, I'm like, oh, I know what's happening here. (laughs) Or I think I know and I know how to ask the right questions, which is just so great. But it's such a Nashville thing. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is. It is. It's starting to get wider. I like actually had a friend in college who like was a really early adopter. And he was like, you should take this. And I was like, what are you talking about? These are numbers. Like, this is crazy. And now I'm like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know now anyone I meet, I'm like, what's your Enneagram number? And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, you should take the test. 
<laughs> you're like, this is going to change your life. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just so interesting. And seeing the characteristics of how you described a three, two is really interesting. I, I am a two wing three. And so I'm like right there with you on that achieving, go get it, all the things. <laughs> totally. You're so much nicer than me. That's why you're a two. Twos are the nicest souls, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Until you piss us off, then we're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Just kind of stepping back too. And one of the questions that I love to ask is, what made you make the leap of your big scary dream? And what's so funny is listening back to your story, like it wasn't just one huge dream that like pivoted all at once. And like you took the huge leap. Like it was one act of courage followed by another act of courage by another act of courage, like constantly through your journey. Do you have any advice for listeners that are struggling to find that act of courage or make that leap? Do it in the context of community and of people who want to see you succeed. And if you are struggling, like don't be afraid of therapy. Don't be afraid of asking for help. I think a lot of times we depend too much on our own inner courage. And I think the strongest people and the only reason why I have the courage and the strength that I have is because of the community that I have around me. Like, sure, I can do a fair amount on my own, but it's nothing in comparison to what I can do with the people that know me and see me and provide space for me to be who I want to be. And they're there to catch you, you know, when you fall. And so allow people to know you, allow people to see you and share your truth, even when it's scary. And it's in those moments of vulnerability that you will find the strength and the courage to make the next right choice for you. Mm. I love that. I know a lot of our listeners are maybe sitting there wondering where to find that community and how to move forward in that or looking at theirs and feeling like they don't necessarily feel known or understood or don't fit in anymore. Maybe they've outgrown them or they're not resonating with them anymore. What advice do you have for people that are in the wrong community? That's a great question. Join a co-working space. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, social media is like there are people that you can follow and reach out to. And I always say like sometimes it's not always the best to find people that are in the same company or like same industry. There's the word same industries. Sometimes it's better to actually go out and find people who are doing things like parallel to you and immerse yourself in their world and ask questions and build relationships that way. Sometimes it can be harder, I think, to find people that are like, oh, you're also a graphic designer. And then it kind of creates some interesting like barriers to connection, I think. But it's really cool to go and find somebody who maybe does like marketing or writing, or if you really enjoy creative people, like there's so many, I mean, I know it's COVID, but like when it's not COVID-19, there's a lot of like, art classes. I took an art class actually at um, the art school in Nashville. And I just met a lot of really interesting people there who really thought differently than I do and had different ideas than I do. And I'm still friends with some of them. And so I think I really resonate with that, like not having people around that necessarily feel like they can hold my courage or my truth or the things that I want to share. And so I think 
there's seasons where that happens to all of us. So I would say that like, don't be disheartened by that. Be proud of yourself for recognizing that that's where you are. And then find new things that you like that intrigue you and immerse yourself in them and allow yourself to be open to finding new people in the midst of those circumstances and trust that they're going to come to you. And I think putting that kind of positivity and energy into new experiences and new people really bodes well for you, comes back to you. So find things that are interesting to you, put yourself out there. Don't force it to be exactly what you need it to be because that's going to be really hard to find. Like if you're like, I need to find a graphic designer who's 10 years older than me, who knows exactly what they're doing. Like, I want that person. It's like, well, you're probably not going to find that. (laughs) So stop focusing on that and just be like open to what other people can teach you and what other spaces you can enter into and allow that to kind of spur you and teach you. I think there's just a lot of power in diversity and a lot of power in just like being open for connection with new people. And it's a really vulnerable thing and it's really scary. And I also genuinely just like go to, if you can afford it, like go to therapy, like everybody needs therapy. I'm not just saying that because my husband's a therapist. I genuinely believe that everybody needs therapy. You can always learn more about yourself. And if you don't have somebody who can hold space for you, they're a paid professional who can hold space for you. And even if there's not something like clinically, you know, wrong with you, or you're not necessarily like having a crisis, those are actually the best times to go to therapy. because You can do so much work when you're not in crisis. <laughs> you can do so much good work on yourself in those times. Um, but a lot of times we just go and we're like dead or dying. <laughs> like we're like, we need help. We must get a therapy. And it's like, in reality, how much work can you do when you're dying? You're just trying to survive. And then once we're like surviving and good, that's the time to like continue to dig deep and like draw on that strength to get better, to be the best version of ourselves. Mm. Because your business is only as good as you are. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's true. Absolutely. I'm a huge advocate on that of taking care of yourself and in turn, you're taking care of your customers and your relationships and your business relation, like all of the things you're taking care of everything by taking care of yourself. But the hardest part is just admitting that you need help and not just trying to survive, but really like reaching for thriving and what that looks like. So I love that you brought that up because I'm a huge advocate on that too. I think it's great. Yeah, totally. I mean, mental health and taking care of yourself is I know a large part of like your heartbeat and what you like create a lot of content on and, and help people like kind of discover. So maybe you should just go to Amber's conferences because that would be a good next step to you. <laughs> Fill your cup. Yes. Oh man. I love that. And you attended our conference and I, I loved did. having you there. <laughs> it was so great. It was so great to be there. Well, I think that that It's just absolutely wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing your heart. And I know working for yourself and finding that inner hope and courage and community and being vulnerable, feeling seen, having grace, like everything we talked about today, you are the walking definition of it. And I have been so honored to know you and be your friend and now your neighbor. Yay. (laughs) We can hang out all the time now. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, for... 
anyone that's listening, I mean, I love you and I know where to find you because you're a stone's throw away, but where can our listeners find you on the internet and connect with you and just stay in part of your journey? I just think it's great for them to follow along. The best place to find me is on Instagram. I don't do anything anywhere else on the internet. So, um, (laughs) Alyssa underscore McNally underscore or Alyssa McNally marketing. If you want to see my work, that's where you can find me. Amazing. And what can we hope to see from you in the future? Wow. (laughs) Um, I'm currently actually working on my own podcast. What's it called? Let's I'm all about cross promote and like (laughs) celebrating each other. Of course. Um, it's called feed the spark podcast. So it's about, feeding why you originally started. And it has to do with self-care, but also just like as a creative entrepreneur, if you work in the service-based industry, you're just serving other people's visions, other people's creativity, other people's goals, instead of serving your own. And I realized that a lot of successful creatives actually feed their own creative spark in a way that fuels their work. So It'll be an interview slash like me just commenting on life podcast that looks at creative projects with uh, creative professionals. So we'll be interviewing musicians, graphic designers, any kind of creator that has taken on like a personal project and has pursued that and allowed it to fuel their creativity and ultimately feed their spark. Oh man, I'm already like, subscribe. Yes, please <laughs> sign me up for this. That's amazing. It's a little bit of a niche audience. Like it definitely like you're the target market, Amber. <laughs> so I'm glad that you feel that way. Um, it's definitely not like a podcast for everyone. It's definitely for that creative professional. But I realized too, as I keep telling more people about it, a lot of us are creative people just by nature. And so it's fun to hear how people feed those creative parts of us. And I think everybody has creativity within them. Um, and everybody wants to be more creative and to experience creativity. So I hope it's just a celebration of that. I'm so proud of you and cannot wait to be listening to this. So, so, so proud. And thank you so much again for giving me part of your day. I know you're in this like beautiful co-working space hanging out today. And just so thank you for pulling away from your community to speak into ours. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hey guys, I absolutely love putting together this content for you each week. If you're loving the show, I'd really love to hear from you. Head on over to the podcast app, scroll down to where it says ratings and reviews, and I'd love to know how you saw pieces of your heart reflected in today's episode. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and turn their passion into purpose.